0: Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the middle that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up woman. This podcast is brought to you by law firm Mishkondorea. It's business,
1: but it's personal.
0: By the way, if you'd like a little bit more of an interactive experience, listen to this podcast on an app called Entale. E-N-T-A-L-E. Hi, I'm Emily, and I'm absolutely fine, but I have become one of those people, I'm aware of it, who complains about the cold, complains about it being too hot, complains about not sleeping, complains about going out, complains about staying in. And um, I don't know when I became such a complainer, but that's what's happened. And this is just my personality now. How are you, Annabel?
1: Well, I've always been a complainer. Hi, I'm Annabel, and I'm absolutely fine, but I'm teetering on the brink of a monster week. And all I feel is dread and imposter syndrome and exhaustion. And I really just like a nice padded cell. Apart from that, you know, same, same.
0: Can I share the padded cell with you? Said cell with you?
1: Yeah, only you though. (laughs) Okay, great. This episode is a little more serious and a little less insane than a lot of the stuff that you hear from us because we're talking about a serious issue, which is divorce. So just warning, there'll be some jokes, but not thousands. So, our guest today is Sandra Davis, a power partner and a power player, the head of family law at Mishkondorea with 40 years experience of family law practice. If she hasn't seen it, it hasn't happened. Career highlights include representation of the Princess of Wales, Jerry Hall, Thierry Henry and Tamara Mellon. Frustratingly, she is the soul of discretion. While Sandra is not afraid of a fight, she is all about responsible lawyering and has been working for years to improve the divorce dialogue. We are thrilled to be able to pick her brains. Get your notebooks ready. Sandra,
2: good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. All the better for speaking to you.
0: No, <laughs> oh, it's so good to have you here. Also, I lit. I mean it. Everybody at home, just like, if you're... On the tube, get out your get out a pen, because everything that you need to know about pearls of legal wisdom. Family law is coming at you. Because family law is
1: ever-evolving and much misunderstood, isn't it really?
2: I think that most people get their version of family law either from their friends, from reading tabloids, or from urban legend, and most of it is totally inaccurate. It catastrophizes and it misrepresents. And so it's really really sensible if you ever think you're going to split from your partner to go and take some advice before you do so before you tell yourself
0: even that you want to get a divorce you think you should have some kind of information i
2: think before you even think about separation you should plan 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 this is not for the faint-hearted Divorce separation is brutal. There will be unanticipated consequences. You need to think really, really hard. One, if this is the right time, are your children taking GCSEs? Is your husband about to do a huge deal? Should you wait for a period of time before you do anything? Is it in your interests financially to press the nuclear button? You have to be really, really sure that you want to battle through life on your own. So go and see a therapist before you even begin to think about seeing a lawyer and or see a lawyer before you think about telling your spouse or your children. You sort of
1: need a massive pros and cons list and a roadmap that you have privately constructed before you even tell your husband
2: and And that's absolutely true because if you have concerns about whether your spouse is being honest with you, You need to wise up about getting your financial circumstances in order. Is there going to be an account that might be drained, etc. You also need to be careful about emails. Your emails may sync to your children's or your photos may sync to your children's computers and can be accessed. You need to get a pay-as-you-go phone. Do not underestimate what might happen. Sorry, I'm laughing because so I'm basically, you need to turn into a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not You've got quite. A burner. But I'm telling you, it is very, very easy to find a tracker device. It's very easy. To locate devices around the house, you may be being followed. I don't wish to make everybody paranoid. But it's a dirty but business. But it's definitely something that I have seen many times over the years, and it's wise to protect yourself. i tell you what I
1: always think, and I uh, recently has as, as, as struck me, is that one is so depleted and exhausted before you even begin the divorce because unhappy relationships, you know, are soul-destroying. So how you would have to gather yourself up to to begin this arduous battle.
2: I think that it's definitely important to have the support of a therapist or a really close friend so that you can rely on them when things get difficult, as they will. And you also have to have a flight fund. Do not leave yourself with no money. Running away, Run away money. First of all, have to pay your lawyer. If you want to take advice before you decide you're going to initiate proceedings or press the nuclear button, for God's sake, you have to give 12 months worth of bank statements. That's going to come up, so your spouse is going to know when you took advice. They're going to see the bank statements or the credit card if they come through the house anyway. Be a bit clever about that. Not that solicitors want to be paid in cash because they don't, (laughs) but your friend or your parents may provide the initial money. And in any event, you may start to save so that when your spouse decides to be punitive and pulls the plug on money and it takes you a couple of months to go to court, you're not left without any money to pay the bills or to pay for little Johnny's school trip or whatever. You can't predict... How vindictive people are going to be! So don't assume that justice will prevail unless you're prepared. Assume Assume nothing. nothing, Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst.
1: Can I ask you how do you? Because you must have seen like a terrible amount of heartbreak and distress in your forty years. Um, And how do you balance compassion with practicality when you're dealing with a client?
2: When I see a client. Obviously, I'm concerned to make sure that they know I've heard them, that I'm empathetic and I understand contextually where they're coming from. And so I have to try and help a client focus. And that's what's most important. I'm not here to actually provide the role of a therapist. I'm a very expensive shoulder to cry on. Do bear in mind that it takes a bit of time to get divorced. It could take the better part of a year and you might still be sitting in the same house as your spouse living this nightmare with that person with your children so think very hard about that lots of people do not have the facility the finance to go and find somewhere else some do and that's fine and children shouldn't actually be in that conflictual zone for anything more than a period of time that they can bear so You need to bear that in mind and it's very helpful if you can communicate properly with your spouse to try and work together to see a child psychologist so that you can share the information in an age-appropriate way to your children.
1: I tell you what I've seen from the outside, I don't know if it's true from your position as an insider is how personality altering divorce can be and how when people begin the process the most timid can become these sort of crazed worriers and people who were previously very focused it can sort of dissolve it does unexpected things to your personality doesn't it
2: it's a self-examination process what responsibility do you have because it's never a hundred percent one person's fault generally think about where your life is going to go it may seem really hard to actually think that far forward but actually mm. you can have a lot of casualties on the way if all you are doing is being reactive yeah. i want to make sure that my husband never sees my children again yeah that no no not Linda good for said. the children yeah i don't want to leave her with a penny she's a spendthrift no not good as an outcome. She's living with so-and-so, why should I pick up the tab? Well, he hasn't got any money, they're not really living together, it may not last, etc, etc. I don't want to give her anything. She sat on her bottom and done nothing. I'm the entrepreneur. No, it's (laughs) actually a marriage, it's a partnership. Everybody participates in that partnership. She's brought up the children, looked after the the house, etc. Enabled you to go to work. That's what happens. How do you find a lawyer how do you know what what i think you need to do as a client to find who your optimal lawyer is is firstly to ask around some of your friends may have been divorced look for somebody who's actually had a decent experience do a bit of research google look up what what kind of lawyer you want so look at podcasts look at firm's websites look at legal directories see what they've said in the press just do a bit of fact checking about whether you want a rottweiler or you want somebody that's actually um, capable of being mediatory or you want somebody in between think about what what you need as a person and for god's sake don't just make a phone call and say i just wanted to see if i was going to connect with you this is going to be the most important relationship of your life probably aside of your spouse and you need to have some chemistry you need to have accessibility you need to find out that you speak the same language so meet them absolutely definitely meet them and meet one or two not just to conflict them out and i will explain that um, sometimes if you've got a lot of money and you don't mind about that and you know that so um, lawyer x is beyond grim and you don't want your spouse to have lawyer x you can go and see lawyer x and that lawyer will never then be able to act for your spouse so a
1: handshake take, cancels them out of the proceedings well not quite a handshake but a, um, do you have to pay? a meeting
2: and you do have to. you pay do have to pay. So if you paid a bill and so we sometimes find that the the spouse on the other side has actually gone and seen four or five lawyers in order to conflict In order to conflict them in out. Of course, you
1: can do that in deepest,
2: darkest secret before anyone
1: knows. The absolutely. Is happening.
0: Can you um, can you have a, someone from a different fur, from the same fur, no, you but can't. A like, really, so
2: literally would wipe out Mishkon. Absolutely. Amazingly, you you can't. If if you have actually seen somebody, then that conflicts everyone else. In the fan. I'm
0: interested it. about the word of mouthing and actually because I think people talk about their divorces more than they talk about their marriages, it's like, it's so, because people are, it's one of those things where people are fascinated and, um, and people are quite willing if, they, if it's been There's successful. There's an
1: conspiracy of silence around marriage, it's yeah. as, as though when you're dating you can ask about, you know, everything, the sex, the holidays, the dynamic, and the moment you're married it becomes rude to ask and so when people get divorced everyone goes, God we had no idea, well I mean you never asked.
2: So People don't know what happens behind closed no, doors because they don't. they don't share that. But it's and like
1: once the divorce is underway, mm-hmm. ca- can open worms everywhere. Yeah,
2: You also find that um, there are various magazines who have constructed your top 10 lawyers in London. And indeed, Middard has done that too. So it is useful and worthwhile to flick through those as well. I think that it's important... To find someone that you're not frightened to share with because the last thing you want to feel is intimidated by your own lawyer can i ask you is it
1: possible to get an estimate of costs at the beginning because i guess you don't know how many twists and turns there will be along the road
2: it's very hard to give a seriously accurate estimate because what you don't know as a divorce lawyer is quite how the other side is going to behave or who they're going to instruct. And so you can give a very broad estimate as to how much it costs to get to each stage, but that is a worst case scenario. And some cases will settle round a table, um, even with millions of pounds and be at stake at stake and be less expensive than cases where there isn't as much money but there's a higher degree of conflict. And as a lawyer, so you see a client. So someone comes in. I, I'm interested as well.
0: Do they do they come? Do you find that clients come dressed in a particular way? Like I feel like that's probably one of the most grown up decisions that you've got to make. is what, like, to, what wear to, to wear see, to see my divorce lawyer for the first time. Do you find that? Do you feel like people are kind of rubbing in a in their sort of new I'm a presentable human suit? Please, please
2: believe me that all of these things have happened to me. I don't think it it so much matters what you wear when you come to see your lawyer much more important what you wear when you go to court. I don't want somebody that looks like a lawyer. You want to get some kind of sympathy. Interesting. I, I think judges are human. They form impressions. Don't wear something that's too tight. If you're going to be there all day it's gonna kill you. Oh my God, what a nightmare.
0: <laughs> I'm never getting divorced just because I can't deal with the clothes. Back up a bit from, from court, because court's quite often like a sort of a last ditch solution because the-, because the, the, the Talks proceedings are breaking down. are
2: totally conflictual. No? Okay. It's inevitably much, much better to be able to sort things out directly with your spouse. Right. Now, if that were possible, Then You'd be out of a job. (laughs) You'd probably still be married. But given, given that communication has effectively broken down, what are your options? Yes. Now, you could go to mediation. Right. Mediation is a facilitative process. And again, it's not for those who feel intimidated by power, control, and are mystified by money. It's actually better if you've got a pension policy, a car and a house and and it's not very complicated and you're going to waste vast amounts of money on lawyers to try and find a solution. Equally, it's better to find a solution for arrangements relating to children consensually and the mediator will not be advising but they will be trying to broker and reframe.
1: So, so what you're saying is it's better to decide between the two of you where the children will spend their time rather than have a judge declare it.
2: Why would you want somebody independent to make arrangements for the children that you know best? So I went to court with a client who wanted to see their children on a Tuesday, and the other client on the other side said they wanted a Thursday, and the judge said, right, you can have a Wednesday. Because
0: you're both idiots.
2: Absolutely. And sometimes that happens, so be careful what you wish for. Because I can, because you're both idiots.
0: Maybe we should all be judges.
1: What about um, if someone walks through through the door and you think, okay, so you are a maniac, can you then wriggle out of representing
2: them? I represent clients who I actually empathise with and who I feel I can help If someone isn't listening to me, they're wasting their money. And if they think they know best, then they'll have to go to somebody that echoes what they say or do it themselves.
1: Is there such a thing as an amicable divorce? Is it possible to do it in a friendly way? And what elements should people put in place to try and keep it sort of on the straight and narrow if they possibly can?
2: Of course it's possible, but it takes two it takes two to make a marriage and only one to make a divorce often and so it takes two you need to make need an divorce to work. actually both focus on what's important one do you have enough money to waste on lawyers counterintuitive for me to say that but actually but the answer why? for the vast majority of the population is no no and so try and find a better way there must be an easier solution see if you can't actually use your lawyers wisely sit down around a table perhaps all together and sort it out um, if you've got children think about the years of co-parenting where actually you are going to see each other you don't want your ex-partner coming up like indigestion every time you see them at the door it's important to think about how you want your children to remember this process and not use them as pawns because you don't want them to think about it as a bloodbath afterwards
0: and I, I think as well remembering my parents are divorced but remembering the just that feeling of having to have two Lives, life with my mother, and then life with my father, and how you know how sudden you know even and also no matter does that how how it's managed, to mean
1: that you as a child are going to suddenly have to become two people well, and splinter because that's so terrible. It's,
0: it's so terrible, and I it's, think that happened to you. It's very scary. I think it's very scary because also you don't want to tell. You know, nobody wants to ask that, but we're naturally humans are curious. So it's like, well, how was it, or or how is it there, or whatever. And Then you get into this awful kind of situation where you think I'm not going to talk about. What happens in this house, and I'm not, I'm not going to share. And the two. that's
2: really key. Do not use your children as messengers yeah. to carry information, and don't use them as informants to bring back information. I think it's really hard when there are two styles of parenting. When one parent keeps them up till midnight and allows them to watch whatever they want on television and the other sends them to bed at six o'clock. It's impossible. I'm just laughing because
1: my four year old came back from his father's and said, Mama, when I was at Dad's house, I did not have a bath, but I did have a nosebleed.
2: (laughs) I think in, com- in conflictual households it can be very competitive. So both parents are actually fighting for their children's affections and it's important to try and avoid maligning the other spouse. What about um, something like, let's say I get divorced from a man and I
1: loathe, disapprove and fear his new partner and I do not want my child being around that person is there anything you can do about that it's just you just have to deal with your
2: feelings sharp intake of breath yes. from lawyer yeah. <laughs> um, what lawyer dreading obviously the optimal solution would be for all the parents to go into family therapy and for them to discuss why it is that um wife one feels undermined threatened um, attacked by wife two who
1: happens to be a psychopath
2: <laughs> and
1: just saying
2: if, if in fact wife two is a psychopath and adversely affecting the children who don't want to go then she has to look at what's in the children's interest and try and work around that with a better bit of therapeutic support rather than actually involve the court which can be very expensive very frustrating very time consuming and alienation of children Actually, at the end of the day, it's not a good thing.
1: They take that really seriously nowadays, the courts, don't they? When one parent tries to alienate the other.
2: It, it is a very difficult nut to crack because once a child has been poisoned and doesn't want to go and see their other parent it's quite hard to actually move that child back into a safe environment. And the worst case scenario is to transfer residence. And you have to know that if a therapist who's been called in to give a view has said that, then actually, transfer residence as in moved the child to, to the, the other parent. Yes. Yeah. Then, so residence actually, is the word we
1: use now, right? Not custody. Not custody. Because in, because I think out because child we, arrangements, child arrangements. Because Emily and I were reading up on this, and we saw that the word custody had been dropped in 1989. Isn't it scary how slowly society
2: follow you know follows yes. the legal process? Yeah, because, because we would still talk. We custody. would still
1: talk about custody.
2: Yes. yes. So and, now and we say t- residence or child
1: arrangements. Child
2: arrangements, because it moved away the children act moved away from the power play of labeling right and ownership possession being nine tenths of the law custody you are mine to yeah. have and i can dictate what arrangements I, I, you i have. say
1: that to my child i say who owns barry the cat he says <laughs> i do and i say who owns you and he says you do
0: and I say, <laughs> absolutely correct
2: as it should be again You can't actually just decide you're going to up sticks and move without there being consequences. So, in my experience, I have had a number of kidnapping cases, one in the Old Bailey. We found information that showed that this particular wife was taking her four children away out of the country. And we stopped them at the airport. We got an order. We got the children back. And she got put in prison for six months. Wow. That was quite an extreme case. Mm-hmm. But it happens and it's not the only time it's happened in my career here. Can we talk to you about money? Yes.
1: So, um London is talked about as the divorce capital of the world because this is where you'll get fifty percent, that's what they say. How has it changed over the years and how has it changed for women?
2: In October 2000, there was a case called White, which went to the Supreme Court, was then the House of Lords, and that changed everything for women. Because up until then, um, a woman, um, in the context of getting what her reasonable needs were, never got an equal share of the wealth created during the marriage. And Mrs White was a participant in their farming partnership. And she said, well, I worked, why shouldn't I get an equal share? And actually Mrs. White in the end only got a third and they wasted a fortune of money and on lawyers. And that was about on her lawyers. contribution but to it was, about, made. it was about her contribution. And historically before that, women's contribution was weighed. So if you didn't work, then you didn't get quite as much. If you were the wife of a wealthy man, you got a bit for being more fragrant. Um, and going forward what then happened was that ultimately with the case law that then evolved what was accrued during the marriage was then split and the female role in the relationship was not evaluated on the basis of a specific contribution financially but on the basis that when you go into a marriage you go into a partnership it's an equal partnership and what happens happens and You are then entitled to an equal share on exit and so clearly it was better for every which reason for a woman to initiate her divorce proceedings here so what we then had was divorce tourism right we had the internationally wealthy who would come to London and would be unaware of what the outcome would be and their spouse might have wife might have planned to make sure that she was resident here for a year and then one year one day later bang that was it
1: inheritance can you go after your future ex-spouses potential inheritance so they are nothing but they're about they're going to get a massive windfall at some point
2: if you are going to inherit one of you is going to inherit it can impact on maintenance so for example if you're in receipt of maintenance and then you're going to get a big chunk of money which is going to provide you with an income you might not then be getting maintenance on top and it also depends on when the money came into the marriage and what it was used for was it kept separately it's not going to be what about if it hasn't
1: been inherited yet so
2: that's what i'm talking about if it hasn't been inherited yet you're not going to be able to get a share of something that may happen in the future. But you could go
1: back to court.
2: But you could go back to court, yes. Well, so what happens and if vary, because no maintenance order is ever final. So you can vary upwards or downwards, subject to a change in circumstance.
1: But you think that, broadly speaking, divorce has, has got better for women since 2000?
2: I think divorce has got easier for women. Emotion, fairer? Emotionally, it's no different, sure. but in terms of an outcome, for sure, um, what's fair for one is not fair for another, yeah. so the, the woman in this instance will get a, an equal share of what's made during the marriage and a fairer proportion. Uh, for the wealth creator, they may see it as distinctly unfair.
1: Yeah. Sandra, what are, your, what are your, you know, your red lines, your golden rules? What should you, what would you advise people to categorically never do in terms of getting divorced?
2: Never use your children as pawns. Don't lie to your lawyer. <laughs> it will come back to bite you. There that's, is nothing worse than that's wearing like, a tin hat that, in court no, that, and thinking, oh my God, why didn't they
1: just tell me that? That's like the woman who lied about her weight when bungee jumping...
2: And I. <laughs> Don't
0: lie to your lawyer. Don't it, lie to your lawyer. Mess, it it
2: can do. be that dramatic and has been. The worst thing in the world is to be caught out in cross examination with a big fat lie because it will impact you. And never do anything retributively. That too can come back to bite you. That's a tough when one. When you tell porkies to the police and you both tell porkies to the police, your children might get taken into care. So think very carefully about it. If you decide that you're going to turn up at your husband's office and tell everybody what he has done to you and impact on his professional reputation, think for a minute before you want to do that because that's his livelihood and that will impact on you. And your kids. And your children. So don't react to anything immediately not to a solicitor's letter think about your reaction and what might happen and the consequences of it.
1: Can we hit you with some quickfire true and false myths? Can we explode some divorce myths? Um, I'll start with the first one which is if you live with someone for six months or one year or three years or ten years or more then you are automatically entitled to a share of their property because you achieve the status of common law husband or wife
2: marvellous myth no such thing as a common law anything um you don't acquire rights as a woman if you live with somebody for any length of time or as a man um it's not like california where you stick your toothbrush in and you get some rights just be careful what you promise Okay, in bed at night, do not promise something in order to get something else. I'll always look after you. <laughs> um, no, something more deliberate, like I'll give you half the house if we're together in blah years. Or um, do
0: people promise that, that or, kind of thing? So uh, yes, I really love
2: you. I'll. Uh, I yes, I, I will give you uh, a share of the house because that's equitable, estoppel, and. Um, you've promised something, and you can be held to that promise. Can you? If but your it's, actions, it's he said, she said, or he said, he yes, said, of or course. She said, she said. If your actions then follow through from that promise, but generally speaking, unless you've contributed in money or money's worth to a property, you could walk out with nothing. Myth or reality. Is there such a thing as a quickie divorce? I'm not quite sure where that arrived, a quickie divorce. Divorce takes the length of time it takes, which means that if you issue your petition, um, Barry St Edmunds or the High Court takes a number of months to get through it. And the easiest and quickest divorce you can get is probably four and a half months. Wow, that does sound quite quick. That um, Sounds quite quick to me. But what you have to bear in mind is that everybody has to fill out the forms. The courts are very backlogged, and you would have to have arrived at a financial settlement by then. So it's really only um, for a very small number of people who have nothing really to argue about. It's <laughs> the unicorn of divorces. It's the unicorn of And no yes. children, presumably. Yes. Um, and generally speaking, it's probably a year that okay. it takes.
1: Um. Is there any such thing as a no-blame divorce?
2: You may have read that there is a prospective bill going through Parliament about no-fault divorce, um, but I suspect the government's got quite a lot of things on its plate at the moment, so it may not be quite that quick. However, at present, we have irretrievable breakdown of marriage supported by one of five facts. Three are behavioural grounds. Adultery, that's... Penetrative sex during marriage. With someone else? With someone else, yes. (laughs) Although, (laughs) Uh, unreasonable conduct, that requires four or five examples of where your spouse has behaved so unreasonably you can't be expected to live with them. That's a subjective test, not an objective test. So if your spouse squeezes the toothpaste tube from the middle rather than the end and it drives you absolutely insane, Tough, a tough. judge would have to
1: agree with that <laughs> well
2: there's no forensic inquiry generally into who did what to whom although the reason for the pressure for no fault divorce came from a particular case recently which went to that the supreme court where the judges ruled that the wife hadn't sufficiently proved that the husband's behavior was actually oh, that was unreasonable enough. For that case. and in those circumstances what we try and do is send a draft of the allegations to the other side so they can delete what they find particularly offensive so that to all intents and purposes it's an agreed document Um, then there's desertion for two years two year separation with consent or five years without but most people five years five years without
1: you don't want to divorce me i have to just wait for five years Yes.
2: however it is generally possible to find some other way through that that would be a highly unusual situation because why on earth would two people want to stay together if one doesn't?
1: But what you can't do is... I can't I can't walk into your office with my husband or, and say, We're we, done. we'd like
2: to get divorced. No one's done anything wrong. We're just done. Can we do that right. in the next four well, and a half months? You cannot actually walk in with your spouse and use the same lawyer. And so... You can have a consensual divorce when you agree what ground you're going to be using. But, but I've have already to choose articulated that it's one of the, you have to choose those grounds. Of grounds. Just say, no, one's no fault. it's so not irreconcilable differences like the movie with George Clooney. Yeah. So it's automatically conflictual? It is automatically conflictual and that's why there is pressure for the law to change. I think so, but there is no such thing as a quick divorce However, However, I should say that... What happens is that behaviour is of no relevance now, unless it's very extreme, in the context of the financial outcome. Because we're not about to ask. We're not a court of Victorian morals, and in those circumstances, it doesn't matter who did what to whom. But what happens is that because there's no blame letting it spills out into children proceedings and that's very unfortunate but i
1: can't assume that because my spouse has behaved incredibly badly it's going to be reflected in the financial settlement and it
2: won't be
0: okay next one legally a spouse can change the locks if they want to lock their
2: spouse out of the home this is something that we find Um, we are asked very often if it's a joint house you can't do it if it's a marital home you can't do it if you want to ensure that your spouse doesn't come back and can't walk in willy-nilly put another bolt on the front door right practical step Um,
0: the family courts favor mothers in children's cases
2: there is now a sea change in the way in which courts look at children's cases and there is much more of a focus on participative parenting and what's right for the child and so over the years of practice I have seen many more shared care arrangements than historically were the case.
0: Like we said at the beginning you're a power power partner what are you most proud
2: of in 40 years of family law? As the longest serving female partner in the firm i'm proud of the fact that i've been able to manage to create this and raise two reasonably normal children at the same time <laughs> with the help i might add of a very 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 supportive nanny who i had for 15 and a half years yeah and it is a privilege to have been able to impact positively on people's lives and help them in what is the most distressing part yes. of their life experience. Well, you've impacted very
1: positively on our lives. So all we have left to say is, Sandra Davis, you are a wonder. Thank you
0: so much. Thank and you thank so you much. for having me. You've been listening to Annabelle Rifkin and Emily McMeekin of The Alt. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you
1: like what you've heard, please rate, review and subscribe. And we'll just leave you with this thought. You can be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time.